Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Congratulations to all the Cairo Santos owners out there. He might have won you a week. We are here. Kyle Elfrink, Ray Flowers with you, Fantasy Sports Daily on a Tuesday yeah, Ray, Cairo Santos, man. What a stud on Monday night. Everybody saw that coming. A hero in fantasy circles. I just love the fact that people won their week because of Cairo Santos last night. Well, I, t- you know, it's so funny. We're, we're every a lot, a lot of people hang on to kicker and defense in leagues, and we shouldn't, right? We really shouldn't. They're outdated. We talked about Mike Horn's great work. Uh, I think it was last week on the show. So there are ways you can get a handle on kicking, but really, you know, you don't. <laughs> Hell, I'm in the uh, FSGA league, and I have the, the Cleveland Browns, and they're scoring like four points a week. It's the Cleveland Browns, so like the like. So I don't even know why we use kickers and defenses. We've talked about it forever. Uh, but if someone did take the the dive last night, they got a reward. Now, of course, the other side, Ray, is uh, the people that lost weeks because of Josh Dobbs yep. and his four interceptions. Yep. Uh, you are looking, if you're viewing us right now, or you are hearing. The voice of a man who was a, benefic- a beneficiary, I should say, of uh, Josh Dobbs' picks. Uh, Ray, make sure when Justin Fincerman joins us later, you rub it in that you topped Justin purely because of the interceptions that Josh Dobbs threw last night. <laughs> it was Dobbs against Hawkinson in our league. I had Hawkinson, <laughs> he had Dobbs. Uh, in the end, I won by 1.36 points. <laughs> And he got a minus four points from Dobbs for the picks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was uh, that was a rough one uh, to see Hawkinson outscore Dobbs by you know <laughs> what, six points or whatever it was. But yeah, I'll be I'll be happy to rub it in when we get him here. Justin's going to be joining us in about a half hour from now. Uh, before we check in with him and kind of talk all things NBA, including getting set for another uh, busy DFS slate tonight, we got plenty of football. Uh, Ray and I going to dig into the Monday Night Affair, twelve uh, ten the final. Uh, not the most exciting uh, bit of action. I don't think anybody thought it was exciting. Uh, even Joe Buck called it a uh, Benny Hill comedy, I think, at one point in that game last night. You thought it was a Thursday night, not a Monday night. But we will recap Bears and Vikings. Um, some other NFL news and notes. Baltimore may be uh, set to turn to Keaton Mitchell. Uh, you'll get the thoughts of Ray and myself on that. Talk a little waiver wire. Uh, the, the pickings are not great, but there are pickings. As we go into week 13, and you might need those pickings because uh, we've got six teams that are on by in week 13. Mentioned Justin joining us uh, for some NBA, and we'll talk some baseball. Uh, no big free agent signings. We had uh, Sonny Gray with the Cardinals. Ray and I touched on that on yesterday's podcast. But there aren't a lot of big names, like really big names, that appear to be on the trading block this offseason. So uh, we'll go through some of those names. They might surprise you. I know a couple of names surprise me as we look at the offseason. As always, we invite you to join us and enjoy and take in everything that we provide at fantasyguru.com. And right now, Ray, uh, we got the FSD uh, 20. I'm sorry, people. It's Tuesday. Ray warned you. The turkey special's over. Right, Ray? That, that That's gone. If, if you didn't take advantage of it, nobody to blame but yourself. You can blame Josh Dobbs. Everybody else is. But really, it's it's your own fault if, if you missed out on that turkey day. But. Yeah, you missed out on that. Look at that. Yeah. You missed out on Jeff Manns. You ain't even gotten a Christmas greeting card with Jeff Manns just like that. <laughs> dressed like a turkey. Yeah, yeah the uh, the big one's gone. Um, for I mean, I will say this. I don't know officially if it's gone. Like, a lot of times we say it's gone, and then it's up for a couple extra hours before. So you can try turkey oh, 40. Tell people that. Come well, on. You know, yeah, I, I'm just, I want the people to join us, right? So you can try turkey 40. That's 40% off the VIP package. I don't think it works anymore. It's not supposed to work. It's supposed to be turned off at midnight last night. But I know for sure that the promo code FSD20 works. Uh, and that gets you 20% off whether you're doing DFS or seasonal, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, you know, soccer, racing, all that stuff. You can use the promo code FSD20. That one works, Kyle. Okay, that one does work. Uh, let's dig into the fun of Monday Night Football. Get things rolling on uh, Fantasy Sports Daily. And... You know, right, 12-10, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, over-exaggerating saying that game was kind of boring. It, I, I guess if you're a big fan of the Bears and Vikings, it was a classic NFC North. By the way, the Bears had lost nine straight in the NFC North, so they needed that win uh, last night. 
I, I come out of this game, right? And I was telling you right before the show, I'm, I'm reading some of the comments of Kevin O'Connell, the, the Vikings head coach. And literally for the preceding two or three weeks, Joshua Dobbs was like the toast of the NFL. He was uh, e- even going into last night's game. ESPN is doing all these features on Joshua Dobbs. And, oh, wow, look at this. He's a steady hand. And this is a you know, great story. La, 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 la. Everybody loves him. And then after last night's game and after the four picks and after the loss, all of a sudden Kevin O'Connell's like, yeah, uh, who, who knows? We may go to Nick Mullins, uh, Jaron Hall. We're going to look at the tape and make a decision. And, and you said it perfectly. You've become a fantasy football player. If you're Kevin O'Connell and now you're saying like, yeah, we're, we're going like to reconsider, Josh. I, it was bad last night, okay? A couple of the picks were tipped. He probably shouldn't be throwing it in those close windows. But are we seriously going to sit here and say, wow, this guy saved our season and now we're going to throw him on the bench for the rest of the year? Like, what? I'm, I, it's, maybe. I don't, I don't, look, I don't think they're going to make a change. I'd be very surprised if they made a change. That, I'll say that first of all. Secondly, I'm surprised the head coach would say that. Like, come on, man. Like, come on. Um, if you didn't have him on your team, you wouldn't be in the playoff hunt. So let's, yeah. you know, okay. Uh, but really Dobbs is, you know, we've talked about him at fantasy guru here on the show. Uh, Jeff Mann's talked about him on the elite sports show on Sirius XM. We've talked about it. Josh Dobbs is a second tier starting quarterback, you know, third he's a, tier, maybe. maybe, maybe third, third tier. Correct. Yeah. 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 And you know, the, the longer he's out there, he's eventually going to get exposed and nights like last night are going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is not to say, as we discussed earlier, I, I, I think I said something on this show, like, you know, he just got himself a 10-year career as a backup. Like, he's going to be in this league for a long time. But he is not someone that is an upper division quarterback. He had a bad game. It happens. Um, he didn't save people with his legs, which has mm-hmm. been – he's been running for 40 yards and a touchdown every week in the fantasy space to save. That didn't happen last night. Uh, but games like this happen to – all quarterbacks at some point, and it's just it's more likely to happen to Dobbs and some of the other guys under center. Well, and, and if anybody's playing Joshua Dobbs in your fa- your your quarterback position has gone to the cows, man. You, you like if you were actually counting on him Monday night, you got issues. Um, and I would say this: if he started him last night, uh, again desperation was kicking in. I'm not here to say there's better options like on the waiver wire. Like if you were rolling with Joshua Dobbs at this point, you're probably stuck with him, which is not a good place to be. And and you mentioned, you know, a 10-year career as a backup. Like he's locked down that spot. That also needs to be mentioned here. Like, hey, Joshua Dobbs, it was fun to watch. And getting wins were, was mostly unexpected. And, you know, being on three, four, five teams in the last 12 months. I get it. That's a fun story. But the reality of the situation, Ray, is this guy is a backup. And if we logically look at this mm-hmm. and I'd have to, to study, but the only guy Ray that I can think of that, Oh, he's a backup. Like that's what everybody thinks. That guy's a backup quarterback that then has emerged as something different. Like in the last decade mm. is Geno Smith who this year has gone in the other direction. Yeah. starting and, to look and, and what I mean by that, Ray, is once you get that tag of being a backup, fair or not, mm-hmm. you're a backup in this league. It's very, very rare that you return. And, and guys can get injured and a guy gets an eight-game run like Dobbs is getting. Guys may get runs. And you may be considered a starting quarterback because the other guy's hurt. Mm-hmm. But rarely does the backup excel so well that, oh, gosh, he he's a starter in the NFL. The only time we really see it happen is if it's like a first or second year backup. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, Tony Romo is one of these guys. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was one of these guys. They were very early in their career and they got the chance. They, they were kind of like, like if Bailey Zappi had come in and done well, oh, well, maybe it changes the storyline. But Ray, once you're like three, four years and you're a backup, you're backup, man. Like Drew Locke, it ain't coming back. And for Joshua Dobbs, Ray, it's it's very unlikely. Like nine out of ten times, nine and a half out of ten times, he ain't coming back as a starter. So we need to understand the reality of what a backup quarterback is doing. It may work for one, two, three games. It's not going to work for a handful of games, six or seven games. That is very unlikely for any of these backups. Absolutely. And so it's not fair to pile on uh, Dobbs. It's not fair for his head coach. To, it's just, you know, we got to deal with reality here. I mean, think of this, a name that you didn't mention. Uh, Jameis Winston is a backup. Jameis Winston had a season where he threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. 
and he can't get everyone, anyone in the NFL to give him a starting gig. I mean, that's, that's not a, and again, yeah, he threw 30 picks too. Okay. But that's a massive, how many quarterbacks have ever gone? I don't know what, 10 less than that. Mm-hmm. Five have gone 5,030. It's a huge, he's a backup. So even when you have a, a great season, they see things on tape and there's other options. There's always some new kid that everyone's jazzed about. You know, it's uh, Stroud works out. Young doesn't work out. Next year, it'll be the same thing. We'll be talking about, it's just how it goes. And, you know, it, there is so much negative quarterback play right now. There's so many struggling young quarterbacks right now. So we were joking yesterday about Joe Flacco. Like, why is Joe Flacco even, he shouldn't be anywhere in the mix for the Browns, but he's in the mix to potentially start this week. So it's, these guys can get opportunities. Like you said, they can have runs, they can have seasons. But a guy like Josh Dobbs is, you know, best being a guy that's kind of in reserve and he does get exposed eventually. And we saw it last night when he's out there every week. And, you know, he he made use of like a Hawkinson and Addison and Osborne. I think if you take those three guys, which most would consider the top three receiving options, they, they combined for 14 catches. Problem is, it was like less than nine yards a catch for those three guys. So they got the ball out. They completed some passes, but there was no threat down the field. Um, on the flip side, Ray, the Bears get this win. Uh, Mystery's kind of still there with Justin Fields. Like, he had the big moment late, got the Bears into field goal position. He had a couple of, you know, just crushing fumbles in the fourth quarter. Like, the Bears shouldn't have won this game. The Vikings were just as bad as the Bears, so somebody had to win it. I I, I guess the biggest positive, because I, I, I like to consider Justin Fields still in a, he's going in the right direction. Two things I'll say. One. This DJ Moore thing's working. Yep. It's working. What what Moore have last night? Uh 11 catches. 114, 114 yards. yards. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a goal this year. Let's bring in a receiver, see if that helps. It's working. Okay. So that's that's a big plus. Number two is across the board, Ray, as a passer. And again, bar was low, mm-hmm. but Justin Fields is improving across the board. If you just look at the numbers. All the numbers are better. All the numbers are pretty well a career high. 85% of the numbers. There's a couple of things that might be a little lower. But if you look at advanced stats, if you look at the, you know, the run of the mill stats, they're improving. Now, again, Ray, Barr was kind of low as a passer. But I I would point out those aspects and say, you got to give it more run. You, You finally found a connection. You found a talent out wide. And we are seeing growth in Justin Fields. A lot of people will continue to to pound the drum that, oh, he's got to prove himself. But I'm sticking with this guy if I'm Chicago. And I I feel like I'm in the minority when I state that position. Yeah, and normally when you have a third-year quarterback, like to your point, Kyle, having career bests in completion percentage, yards per game, touchdown rate, interception rate, QB rating, like when you, like why are, (laughs) these are, that's good. Those are all very important measures. And, you know, I think that, there's a lot going on with the, the, the Bears. We've talked about it previously here on Fantasy Sports Daily, and they have to make decisions, and they might take another quarterback next year because they want to reset the salary clock, and they don't want to pay Justin Fields $30 million in a couple years. And, okay, they might do that. But I agree with you. Given the state of the quarterback position, given the Joe Flacco's and Josh Dobbs of the world, yeah. Justin Fields is a starter, man. And if, if the Bears aren't willing to commit to that, someone else will. So if you have Fields in a dynasty league, keeper league, don't be panicking. Uh, he'll be running for 60 yards and having success as a passer for somebody as a starter next season. And I say he deserves to be a starter in the NFL. Does he deserve to be a starter in fantasy? Because, Ray, these numbers last night are pretty ugly. I mean, no touchdowns. Um, I guess it's good to get the extra points rushing, and that's always going to be the saving grace. It's worth noting, since he came back from the thumb injury, for the most part, Ray, it is screen passes. Like, he completed 27 passes. More than half of them last night were behind the line of scrimmage. (laughs) 14 of 27. But since he has come back from this thumb injury, we have seen a lot more running from Justin Fields. He has 30 rushing attempts, 30 carries, 30 scrambles in the last two games. Uh, That's 15 a game. Right, Ray? 30 divided by 2, 15. I bring up 15 because, Ray, before that, it was eight per game. It was actually lower than eight per game. So the fantasy owner, I last night was not a win if you were counting on a big effort from Justin Fields. And I don't, you know, they're on a bye this week, so you have a backup if you own Fields. You should have been holding a backup at least through the bye. 
But that's going to be a big decision down the stretch, Ray, for a fantasy owner is every week what to do with Justin Fields. And I don't even know if matchups truly help him because I don't know if he's at the point where he's a quarterback that, oh, he's facing a bad defense. Let's attack down the field. Like their next games against Detroit, Detroit is not good against opposing quarterbacks. They're giving up a lot of fantasy points, a lot of yards to opposing quarterbacks. But I'm not going to sit here, Ray, and say you have to start Justin Fields because of that matchup with Detroit. You're not? I mean, Justin Fields runs for 100 yards every time he faces. <laughs> well, that, that, that may have to factor into play. Yeah, I think the last three games okay, run for well, over 100 so, yards. So you're cool. There is he a, a usual – should he be a usual QB1 for people? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. They ran 11 screen plays last night. I think I saw it on PFF. It's like the fourth most in football. So, like, to your point, it was a lot of jump-offs. And I think that, you know, again, I'm a broken record here, but, like, look at the quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, Jake Browning, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Bryce Young, Bailey Zappi, Tim Boyle. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. It's so bad, right? And there's so many people that have lost their QB1s. You were talking about it right at the start with uh, before the show with, with Jake, uh, Joe Burrow. Like, it just keeps happening. I think that he is absolutely in discussion for being a QB one the rest of the way. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's partly the way that we record points in the fantasy game. It's partly the fact that the quarterback position is a mess. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, to answer your question directly. Yes. I think he's in the mix. Uh, it depends who you've got. Yeah. Um, and I well, think well, that, you know, that point who you got, as I see yeah. it, Ray, like the only guys that if these guys were my other quarterback, maybe I would have that dispute. Is like if I had Russell Wilson in fields, if I had Geno Smith in fields, mm-hmm. um, if I had maybe Jordan Love at this point, mm-hmm. if I had a Love-Fields combo, other than that, any other combo you have, it's, you know, if you have Dak Prescott, it's Dak, I guess, at this point. You have to say that. Um, if you have what, Brock Purdy. What, what about Brock Purdy? Is that's that a good Purdy? I mean, I'm looking at our like our list of rankings at fantasyguru.com, like Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray. I, I would probably go Fields over Wilson. Most, you know, again, yeah, Matt, in general. Yeah. But yeah. in general, if I'm ranking these guys the rest of the way, I still have Fields over Kyler Wilson. Murray. I have Murray over Fields. Okay. Murray has come back and the numbers haven't been great, but Ray, he's running and he's, he's running. creating he's a little leg. What's he got? Three rushing touchdowns in three games. Yeah. I, I think that's Murray over Fields. Matthew Stafford? I mean, everyone got excited about the four Field. touchdowns. Matthew Stafford hasn't thrown for like 235 yards like in two months. Yeah, that, that's right. Fields. Fields over Stafford. You know, Derek Carr, Gardner Minshew. Like, Field. again, it's there are there are certainly scenarios, Dak Prescott being one, where you'd say, okay, I'd rather in general play this guy over Justin Fields. But there, there are still a lot of – you start peeling these guys away, man, and it's hard to find 12 guys that are better, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, last thing on this game, and uh, I, I applaud myself and Ray for giving it 20 minutes, which is almost more points than they scored last night. <laughs> um, backfields. Uh, Ray, what do you see? What's your takeaway from the backfields? Just to, to kind of give the, the overarching you know, box score conclusion. Madison got a majority of the work for Minnesota. Not a whole lot of Ty Chandler. That's mm-hmm. a disappointment to many. And for the Bears, it was actually more Rashawn Johnson than Khalil Herbert last night. Yeah, I think Mad- we all expect – oh, I don't know, everyone – I expected you expected Madison to be the lead back here. So I'm not surprised to see that he played more snaps and ran more routes. I am surprised to see that he kind of dominated the touch count mm-hmm. to your point. Uh, Chandler passes the eye test, but they're still very much in the, the Madison game. And he looked good last night to give him credit. So I think but everyone expected then that, that shared situation. I think the Bears one is fascinating because, you know, with Khalil Herbert, it's really fascinating. He's had injuries and, you know, hiccups here and there with playing time. But when he's been on the field, he's been good. Like, let's just call it. He's been the Bears' best running back the last two years, okay, besides Justin Fields. And you go into the game last night, and he's supposed to be healthy. It's the second game back and all that. He played 15 snaps, okay? Roshan Johnson, who everyone dumped because he never became a thing, suddenly becomes a thing in week 13 because Dante Foreman's out. 50 snaps, Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson <laughs> ran more routes than Khalil Herbert played snaps. And, you know, I saw this come up to people saying, look, maybe this has to do with just the matchup, right? Because the Vikings had allowed the seventh fewest rushing yards and the fourth fewest rushing yards per attempt. So maybe the Bears just said, hey, we're going to attack the Vikings, you know, through the air. We'll use Johnson, who we want to have, you know, be the guy catching the ball versus Herbert. We're not going to try to run the ball against the Vikings. They're pretty good there. But I am I'm shocked 
yeah. the way it went down. Um, I had a question in the Discord over at FantasyGuru.com right before the show started. I have Khalil Herbert. What do I do? And I, I'm holding Khalil Herbert if I can. Because yeah. I think I, I want to see another week like this. I'm kind of thinking it was a one-off, Kyle, but it was really distressing to see the way it played out. Well, to expand upon that matchup idea, uh, you, you ran through Minnesota against the run. They are they are solid numbers. But the other thing that Minnesota is known for um, is, Ray, they, they blitz like nuts. Like Brian Flores, their D coordinator, I know they talked about it. And it kind of speaks to what I was touching on with fields, throwing behind the line of scrimmage. That's how you beat a blitz. You know, you either throw at the blitz, wherever it's coming from, you throw in that direction, or you wait for the blitz to get you, you dump off, and then you take the numbers game. You know, because the guys have blitzed, now you've dumped it off behind their heads, you go running. And and so maybe the matchup was a part of this. Now, Herbert's not useless in, in the receiving game. Even last night, he had a couple of catches. Mm -hmm. But you look at his career, Ray, he's never had 15 in the season. He'll, he'll top it this year, but... He's pretty – he's not considered a rushing receiving back. He's more of a rushing back. Right. So that may have played into it. Um, just the fact that Minnesota kind of sets you up if you want more pass receptions uh, from your running back. So so we'll see. And, and by next week – I mean, we got to buy this week for both these teams, Chicago and Minnesota. So two weeks from now, Ray, you'd think that Deontay Foreman is back. Mm -hmm. And at that point, who the hell knows? I mean, yeah, yeah, right. It's it's and that game's against Detroit. If you figure, hey, Detroit's uh gonna score three touchdowns, four mm -hmm. touchdowns, Bears are gonna be playing from behind. Well, all of a sudden, then you're thinking about well, that leads to second half passing. That doesn't lead to second half running. So I that first week off the bye, what is that, week 14? Good luck with the Herbert Foreman Johnson decision. The, those guys will be owned everywhere, Ray, and I won't feel comfortable promoting any of the three guys as a fantasy starter in that game. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, again, I, I I would try to hold Herbert if I could, but oh yeah, Kyle, them. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but to Kyle's point, I mean, this is one of two guys we can deal with. Three guys is very difficult to deal with. I wouldn't be shocked if Johnson slides back to the third guy, but as Kyle talked about with the matchup, uh, it's very likely that they might go in a different direction or at least possible they go in a different direction because of that. Uh, and before we leave this game, just a quick thought too, Kyle. We can't talk about this whole game and not mention Justin Jefferson and the, the hamstring pull heard around the world. Um, I assume he's back in week 14. I mean, it was, it was, he's put on the IR for four weeks. If he's not, he's done for the season, right? Yeah. That's the rule, yeah. Well, well, it was supposed to be four weeks, right? It's been eight. It'll be eight. Yeah, he will have given fantasy owners eight zeros in a row, including the bye week this week. Yep. Eight. Yep. That's, and it's a disaster. And that that timetable Ray was given, mm -hmm. and I'm not back then. I was not telling you, oh, you've got to to trade Justin Jefferson, right. but we certainly brought up the idea of doing it. Honestly, I hope you made that move because <laughs> oh. if you made that move, Ray, you've avoided eight straight zeros, and you've avoided Jefferson returning to Joshua Dobbs instead of returning to Kirk Cousins. And I greatly fear that people did the exact opposite. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I get it. I, I had the I had Justin Jeff. Do I make a trade for Justin Jefferson in Discord at fantasyguru.com? I legitimately had that question over the last month and a half, probably 150 times. Mm. Like everyone wanted to do it. And I kept saying, eh, let's hope he comes back uh, next game. And like you said, we'll see. Well, it's going to be Dobbs. Come on, it's going to be Dobbs. But we'll, we'll see how it goes because it's a totally different offense than it is with Kirk Cousins. Mention uh, the bye weeks in uh, week 13, Vikings and Bears, uh, two of the six teams on bye. Baltimore, not playing in week 13. Buffalo, the Giants, and the Raiders. I would guess, Ray, at least two starting quarterbacks, if not a third. We were talking about fields mm -hmm. that are not going to be available. So hopefully you've got backups there. In terms of looking at the waiver wire as people get ready, maybe for some bidding, um, and you're probably sitting with few dollars. You know, you got to kind of pick and choose your moments. Uh, Ray, I'm not going to say there are any hits here. Um, tight end is kind of interesting. Pat Fryermuth had the huge game this week. Tucker Craft is now the tight end in Green Bay. He had a touchdown on Thanksgiving. Higby, zero touchdowns entering Week 12. He now has two exiting Week 12. Tight ends, it's it's very particular. You know, it's it's who do you have? How much money do you have? Uh, yada yada yada. I look at a Fryermuth, a Higby, and maybe even a Kraft Ray. And this is going to say, if you own Kyle Pitts, 
Like, is Kyle Pitts at the point of dumping him, Ray? If you've got other tight ends who are producing and available, like, would you dump him? He has been so god-awful quiet for, mm-hmm. for months now. Should we just give up the ghost on, on Kyle Pitts? Well, but to answer your question, I'll be a little meandering, but is there another name that you mentioned or that is available that legitimately could catch five passes for 100 yards and two touchdowns? But and that's can Kyle thing. Pitts even do that at this point? No, but that's what I'm saying. I, possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Uh, you know, like, Friar Moose done it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, Kraft isn't going to do it. I mean, you know, there's yeah. – but, you know, I – Pitts and John Smith, who we talked about, John Smith has had one catch or zero catches in two of the last three games. He's not part of the offense either, but they're, I mean, it's those two guys in London. Who else catches balls? They don't like B. John Robinson had touched on as a receiver. He's only catching like one pass a week now. They're not even dumping the ball off to him. So I can't say that it's wrong to move on from either Smith or Pitts. I can't say it's wrong. Yeah. I would say it this way that Pat Fryermuth, because of what we saw last week, People, someone's blowing their, their free agent budget to add him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's very difficult to add him. Higby has had like four games with five catches, and he's had like six games with 12 yards. Like, that's a really tough one. I'm almost of the opinion that, you know, you just go down to Hudson for nothing. Hudson with the the, the, the Bengals who catches four passes. He cut four passes four weeks in a row. Or even Kate Otten, who's doing the same thing. I, I, I think Kate Otten would be a better target for me because the cost is going to be much lower than guys like Fryermuth and Higby that people will be chasing points. I, I have consistently been in the corner of Kyle Pitts. Like, you got to hold him, you got to hold him, you got to hold him. I, I woke up this morning, Ray, and I was putting this waiver wire possibilities and looking at these tight ends and great call on, on Cincinnati and, and what they've got going on there. But for the first time, I said, yeah, I, I can – there's that crack of, of daylight. <laughs> I can dump them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and, and the reason I say that is I I hate to count on Arthur Smith to like use his brain. But if he were to use his brain, Ray, all Atlanta should be doing is what they did this past Sunday. They should be running the football two out of every three snaps. And if they do that, there's not enough for Kyle Pitts. Outside of a random touchdown. I just don't think there is. With well, Desmond Ritter, it's just not there. The, the Saints are allowing the seventh most points to the tight end position, and they've allowed the most touchdowns to the tight end. So, on the surface. But, but last week was the Saints. Yeah, yeah. Last week was the – and oh. we didn't get anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I wish Sorry. you were right, right. I had my schedule off there, Kyle. Sorry about that. Yes. That, there's right. another indictment of Arthur Smith. Good. Kyle one, Ray zero. Yeah, well, they even had the matchup, right? There, there's your point. That's what you were going to go to. Yeah. They had well, the they... matchup, and there was zero. What would we get? Two catches? One catch between the two? Yeah. And it's the Jets this week, to your point. Um, Jets have also allowed the most touchdowns, six each. Same okay. And and by the way, uh, let me see. How many points are they oh, They're middle of the pack there. But, um, I mean, and that's but to your point as well. Pitts being a matchup-based guy is not ex- at all how he's drafted the last couple of years, of course. I would invite people to look at their waiver wire, Samaje P. Ryan, Roy Streeman. I-, I would argue, Ray, those two guys deserve to be – they've got to be picked up. Even if you don't have a Williams or either Williams, Javante or Kyron, those would be two guys I'd be interested in picking up. Uh, should point out A.T. Perry with New Orleans. And the only reason I bring him up, Ray, Shahid ain't going to play this week. He's pretty well out with the quad injury. Michael Thomas is out. Mm-hmm. He's on IR. And we've got the concussion protocol on Chris Olave. I mean, if you need wide receiver, if you need a third wide receiver this week or a second flex, A.T. Perry might be force-fed eight or ten targets. Like, seriously, he, he, he might just be a guy to add. I don't believe many people are talking about him. He hasn't done a whole lot. But mm-hmm. the situation – kind of makes him of interest, I think, for people looking for wide receivers this week, especially. Yeah, and Derek Carr's not very good. And he's turnover, he's made mistakes and you know the offense is not working, but he frequently does throw for 300 yards. You know, they they throw a lot of passes at times. There's a lot of that's dump offs and everything. But we saw it last week. Jawan Johnson had to see his his target share go way up because of all the injuries. I agree with you on Perry. Tough to trust at this point of the season because he's never he hasn't done anything because he hasn't been in that role yet, but you yeah. went through the three injuries. It, it's, you know, by process of elimination, he's basically the last guy left standing. If those three guys are out this week. And new Orleans is up against Detroit. 
I was talking about the lines. They give up points to the quarter. A lot of it is, hey, we're trying to play the scoreboard with Detroit. Uh, but for what it's worth, and again, if you don't have Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr might be available. If you don't have uh, Josh Allen this week, Derek Carr. Uh, Justin Fields this week, Derek Carr. So some availability. Uh, David, you see it there in the chat. Um, would you drop Deontay Johnson for Jaden Reed or Romeo Dobbs? And would you drop Jake Ferguson for Fryermuth? I would not drop Ferguson for Fryermuth. No way, no how. I'm not. Uh, Fryermuth, to me, I know Cooks has finally showed a, showed a pulse. But to me, Ferguson's like the second, if not third option in that Cowboys passing game. At least third, I'd say. I'd rather have Ferguson. Gosh, Johnson, right? Deontay Johnson. I, I don't like, this is a PPR setup. I don't love the idea of dropping Deontay Johnson. I do understand the concerns with him, though. I mean, I've seen this already. Like, oh, because this is the big storyline. The Steelers got 400 yards of offense. Steelers got 400 yards of they scored, what, 10 points? Yeah, they still did nothing. <laughs> okay. Kenny Pickett has one touchdown pass in six games. Ugh. I'm holding the finger up for emphasis. One in six He would have had two if Deontay Johnson held on to the football. Good call. Good call. <laughs> but let's not get nuts because they had 400 yards of offense. They didn't produce any points, and Kenny Pickett still doesn't create touchdowns. Okay? So would I, would I go to Fryermuth over Jeff Ferguson? I think I agree with Kyle and I just stick with Ferguson because even though Ferguson is not a big yardage guy, I don't think Firemuth is either. Like he was last week, but I don't really think that's who he is. So I'm going to stick with Ferguson in the better offense, greatly superior offense, even with more mouths to feed. In the Johnson one, like I'm not going to tell someone it's wrong to move on from Johnson. At the same time, you know, if you're going to add Firemuth, you absolutely can't add Johnson. You can't go two Steelers. Um, I don't have a problem going Jalen Reed. Mm-hmm. Over again, I I I think all these guys, Dobbs, Reed, and Johnson, they're wide receiver threes in deeper leagues. Like they're not guys I'm trying to get in my lineup. They're guys I'm going with because that's the best option I have. We've got a waiver wire column uh, up at fantasyguru.com, so check that out. Uh, I think buy sell hold is also going to be up. It's not out already. It'll be out today, courtesy of Rich Maletto. So check out those columns. Discord, of course, too. If you want to, you know, hey, I'm dropping this guy. Pick up this guy. What do you think? Or what should I did? Hit him up in Discord. A couple of other quick things on the NFL, and then we'll get you some NBA with Justin. Um, Carolina, obviously, yesterday we talked about Frank Reich. He's out. Uh, they also fired their QB coach, Josh McCown. So he's out. Um, it, it's kind of it, – it's fascinating, right? Yeah. People are already saying, who in the hell would want this job in Carolina? Because the owner, uh, David Tepper, who's relatively new. I think he's had the team for three or four years. Uh, he seems to be uh, very involved in in uh, trying to figure out how 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 the NFL works got a lot of money but he's still learning like how how you run the nfl business and people are like why would you want to work under this guy and usually it's hey you've got bryce young mm-hmm. you know you have you have a, a a clean slate there's no bad contracts there's nothing like killing your team you can go out and build you know take it over but nobody seems at least on the surface nobody's very interested in this panthers job. yeah because remember the second year in a row he's fired his head coach he also they also fired uh, staley the running back coach Josh McCown, who for about seven years, the last seven years of his playing career, right, when he was still in the NFL as an active player, was talked about as a coach and everything. He was offered the job, I think, for the Texans, um, and he's out of the mix here. Uh, I don't think they have a first-round pick next year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, so they don't have that. Bryce Young's not the answer. The owner got the quarterback he wanted. No, 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 Ray. Not the answer? He's not the answer. He's not, he's not, he's not the answer given the state of the organization. Thank you for letting me clarify that he needs, he's not, he's not going to be, he never was going to be a franchise icon leading a team. He needs pieces around him. He's not Drew Brees. He's not. Is he fields? No, no, no. And and again, I'm not saying you can't win with this guy that we talked about. There's Jimmy Garoppolo is my favorite go-to guy. Jimmy Garoppolo has got a fantastic winning percentage and all. It's not a great NFL quarterback. He's okay. Bryce Young could be just like that. He can be fine, but he's not an, He's not a franchise leader. They need to surround him with an offensive line. They need to surround him with weapons, all that kind of stuff. So do they have the draft capital to do that? Eh. They don't have a coaching staff to do that. Eh. They've got an owner that apparently he's got his fingers in every hole in the dike. He's, so I, that's, I wouldn't take that job, especially if it was my first gig. 
Yeah. Kind of alarming. Frank Wright takes that job, gets 11 games. What? Second <laughs> shortest firing in NFL history. Yeah. And and that's somebody, that's an owner who doesn't know how the sport works. And you, you don't bring in a coach and then fire him after 11 games. I'm sorry. Unless, and I know the record sucks, but it's not, this is not Urban Meyer. You know, th- that's, that's what happens to Urban Meyer when it's like he's so overmatched, he can't even run a game. Right. Frank Wright knows how to run a game. He's a proven NFL coach. You give him more than 11 games. I mean, seriously. So that that's a big question mark there. Um, one other note, Baltimore, Keaton Mitchell, big, big topic, Ray. Um, I think there was a quote yesterday, the OC there, Todd Monken, saying, oh, yeah, he's we're, we're getting more comfortable with Keaton Mitchell in our personnel groupings. It, it's worth noting 46% of the snaps last week. It's also worth noting it's the L.A. Chargers last week. Um, we've been probably, I think it's fair to say, Ray, very calming when it comes to the Keaton Mitchell hype. Not really sold. I'm not. Um, if you got to play him, you got to play him. I get it. But I don't think we're to the point where like this thing in two weeks is all Keaton Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Like Keaton Mitchell is going to take over inside the five. Like Keaton Mitchell is going to have 15 touches a week. That's where I stand. I still stand there. I've, I've been consistent there. Uh, you know, Sunday night was good. He got the most work. But still, they got to the goal line, and Justice Hill was getting carries. Gus Edwards was getting carries. And I don't necessarily see that changing after three years. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, Justice Hill still plays a ton on third downs. They still utilize him, even though he doesn't see the ball a lot. Uh, you know, Mitchell, for all the excitement, 11 touches. Yay. He has had zero touches in four games inside the 10-yard line, to your point. Zero. So he better be ripping off 20-yard, five-yard runs because he's not getting the ball down at the goal line. Two of the last three games, he hasn't run for 35 yards. Yay. He catches one pass a week. Yay. He's growing, and there's a chance that, you know, he has splash plays and all that, but mm-hmm. he's not the goal line back. Until I'm seeing it, I have no reason, no rational reason to believe he's getting 14, 15 touches in a game. I don't see how that's happening unless other guys get hurt. So he's still a flex option that you hope pops a big run, uh, either on a catch or just a run. And he will be a big fat zero this week. I guarantee you of that because the Ravens are indeed on a bye. So you won't have that with Keaton Mitchell. Okay, let's move away from the football here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Um, actually, real quick, we, we got a question. It's a, uh, Josh about Jordan Love. And he's wondering about streaming or sticking with Love. Ray, if my stream options are Pickett and Minshew, give me Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. not that Minshew, Ray ran through the Pickett numbers. Listen to Gardner Minshew. When the Colts win, they do. He does nothing. The only the way the Colts are winning is by not asking Gardner Minshew to do anything in their six wins, which he has authored all of them this season. He's got all six wins for the Colts. He has three total touchdowns. And looking at the schedule, they're they're not going to be unleashing Gardner Minshew. So I, I'm not sold on Jordan Love being, but Ray versus Pickett and Minshew, I'm going Love pretty well every week, unless it's just a a horrendous matchup against the Jets or something. Yeah. Pickett is not good. Let's be very, we just ran through it. He is not good. Kyle went through Minshew yesterday in the schedule for the, the Colts the rest of the way on the show. Uh, you can always find that, you know, at youtube.com slash at elite plus network. All the shows are stored there. You can also find it wherever you have your, your uh, podcast as well. Kyle broke down the matchup with the Colts. So I could re- agree completely. I'm not buying all this. Jordan loves the greatest quarterback of all time stuff. They were selling on Thursday because he had played a good, good football game. Cause the announcers are obviously want to have his children. But he's a better option than those other two guys moving forward. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, let's go to another guy who always has a good week here on the show. Every Tuesday, we talk some NBA with Justin Finsterman, of course. Oh, my gosh. Look at this guy. What a dress, dress for success, right, boys? Is that a uh, Nick Anderson or Dennis Scott magic? Jersey? What a pull. What a pull. Yeah. Man, now I wish it was. No, it's a Shaq one. I went chalk Shaq. there. It's a Shaq one. Come on, Shaq. Yeah, you know what, man? If I could, if I could do it over again, and I have a blue magic penny one, I would have gotten the blue magic Horace Grant. I just wish it came with the blue goggles as well. Yeah, blue goggles. Yeah. Uh, Justin talks NBA with us, covers the DFS scene. Uh, he's helping you out in Discord. He has the uh, Wednesday Watch Fest, uh, which he does every week with you guys out there. Um, he's already thinking about next week. You, you were saying uh, off air, Justin. You're for those in head-to-head leagues. What's the deal next week? Like you want to tell people today that they should start worrying about next week, right? Yeah, I'm actually freaking out about this right now because I should have anticipated this being that I'm knee deep into this content is that this NBA in-season tournament, guys, is causing a ruckus. 
in fantasy basketball. Because let me read you guys what the games look like for next week. Because we don't know who's playing in these games at this point. Monday, two-game slate. Tuesday, two-game slate. No games Wednesday. Thursday, two games. No games Friday. Saturday, one game, which I'm assuming is the championship of this tournament. No games Sunday. Guys, I feel like if you're a fantasy basketball commissioner out there, head-to-head and even in Roto Leagues, you got to put the league on pause for a week. Well, but and I may be – so they're playing the last round tonight, right, of the of the play-in. I think maybe tonight yes, or before Friday. it hits these – before it hits what I call the medal round, even though yeah. – yeah. Now, don't – and I, it could be totally wrong. Is next week, though, for the teams that don't advance – Right. Do, will the NBA quickly schedule matchups? That I'm not sure. That's yeah. the problem. And we don't know who the matchups are. We don't We don't. What know is going on with this? Dude, it's so stupid. It's stupid. It's terrible. The reason it was put in was because they wanted players not to sit, but at the same time, they put in rules on resting. It makes no sense. And now we're now look at this. It's collided with us. Stadiums aren't always open. They're event scheduled. You know, there's TV contracts. People are traveling to see games. We don't know if they're playing. Like that's the problem. And I wish I wish I had that answer. I'm literally like I I should have probably texted Rick Kamla before this interview because he's kind of been like my buddy. Like what one random Tuesday? Well, why isn't there or Monday night or Tuesday? Why isn't there games? Election night. Election night. Who cares (laughs) if it's election night? Give us basketball. Yeah, the polls are already closed yeah, by the time we care. <laughs> Election night? I mean, the players rest, the fans have to too, Justin, I guess. Come on. And look, trust me, I, I, we're, I'm, we're covering this here at Fantasy Guru seven days a week. We're always in that Discord. We're always giving bets. So trust me, I don't mind the one-week reprieve, but <laughs> how are we supposed to guide people here? I can't have my league that's a head-to-head have a week with this few of games going on right here. Well, I, I think Commissioner Adam Silver, I was just checking his uh, daily, you know, openings right. for meetings. He does have a spot later today that is open for people in tank tops that you can visit with Adam Silver, Jeff. <laughs> so if you want to you bring it up with the commissioner, he is open later today to hear from you. Yeah, I just, again, I wish I had a schedule, but that's the problem. We don't know <laughs> at this point. So now I'm, I'm now wondering, like you are, Kyle, whether or not, that the NBA is going to quickly put together. I think they are. That's probably the plan, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I The fact that we're not seeing it right now. Guys, <laughs> unless we hear something else, I think that whether head-to-head Roto, you put your league on pause. I'm going to be looking up on my league that I commissioned on Yahoo on how to put everybody on buy. My buddy Adam Ronis, who commissions our ESPN league, brought this up. So we're both trying to kind of figure out how to do this. But Unless we find out an altered schedule in the next 48 hours, we can't have fantasy basketball go next week. Well, that's like my nephew, too. He's he, They got a week off for Thanksgiving. We got two days off when I was in school. We never got a week off. Like well, like, You were dumber, Ray. Oh, that's true. Your nephew true. is much smarter. <laughs> that's true. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it. I was just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Justin, before <laughs> Kyle eviscerates me, uh, let's talk about that jersey you're wearing. Sure. Um, the Orlando Magic have won seven in a row. Uh, they're playing some good basketball. Uh, talk to us about the team. Talk to us about the fantasy exploits. Who's popping? What are we seeing with the Orlando Magic? They're doing all this, guys, without two starters. Wendell Carter Jr. and Markel Fultz have both been hurt. And it's been absolutely incredible seeing this team's depth and the way they've been performing. Even Goga Batadze has been filling in pretty nicely. But Paolo Bancaro is fierce, man. Both sides of the ball, he's excellent. One of the best defensive power forwards in the league today. Solid driver as well. They're also getting solid contributions from Franz Wagner as well. He's been shooting the ball nicely. And they've been getting scoring from Jalen Suggs, too, and Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony, who's mainly their bench guy, comes off the bench and just starts firing and hitting shots. So they've been good. But this Magic team, the best thing about them, they're very good at slowing you down. Those quicker-paced teams that don't play any defense are going to have trouble beating Orlando. Now, is it going to sustain? That's the problem, guys, because the Magic, while they've been shooting well as a whole, they're not a very good outside shooting team, and that shooting starts to take a little bit of a hit. You're going to see it hurt this team more than just even if they go down 5 6% as a team, it's going to hurt more than what the stat sheet would show you. Talking the hoops with Justin Fensterman. Justin, talk to us a little bit about the Lakers. Uh, you do obviously a bunch of DFS write-ups at fantasyguru.com, and we see the names Anthony Davis, LeBron James all the time. Duh. 
but not really many other Lakers. Talk to us about the decisions you're making and why there's only those two guys that you've been commenting on. This was a major topic last night in Fantasy Guru's DFS NBA Discord. And I loved it that when people brought this topic up because it shows they're watching the games. Guys, what we're trying to do, and this is why we have Watch Along Wednesdays, where we sit in Discord on Wednesday nights, normally a monster slate, and we just follow along the games, talk about what we're seeing, actually seeing when watching these games so someone actually was like hey i've been watching the lakers and it just seems that they're playing so slow they're so boring and i'm like yes this is why you watch the games lebron james holds on to the ball way too much anthony davis when he's trying to create from the elbow way too much precious seconds going off from the shot clock and what you're seeing here is a bunch of other people hanging around the arc now guys i know that all of us being sports guys, at some point, maybe we played some sports in our lives, even at five years old. Basic fundamentals of basketball. When the shot, basketball, Ray. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it was coming. There it is. When the <laughs> shot goes up, you're supposed to crash the boards. That's how it goes. But for some reason, these Lakers players, no matter what size they are, they like to just stand there and just watch like it's a movie <laughs> and they don't do anything. They don't grab the rebound. And that's the, been the problem. And because they're not giving themselves second chance scoring opportunities, it's a lot of LeBron with the ball. It's a lot of Anthony Davis. And it's very hard for me to think that any of these other Lakers, barring injuries to one of those two, are going to ever hit that 5X or beyond value that we want. D'Angelo Russell, faster pace games where I think the Lakers could have a lead. I'll write him up as a GPP play. But outside of that, guys, it's a whole lot of boringness. Well, what you're telling me is they need to get AC Green back in there into the paint to get some boards, right? Thousand percent. Also hit some elbow jumpers as well. Thousand percent there. And he'll never miss time. He'll never rest. Yeah. They got Michael Cooper. I think he's the uh, color analyst on the radio side. They can just bring him onto the court. Michael Cooper. I mean, when you think about the Showtime Lakers, Michael Cooper was always kind of the set one of the second tier guys. Just an amazing player, amazing hustler. I, I will say he's a pretty entertaining listen on those Laker broadcasts too. He has a different style than what you're used to. Uh, Justin Finsterman, who uh, has a different style, wearing. <laughs> Tank Ray, are you ever going to wear a tank top on the show? Uh, it well, it's not a tank top. It's a basketball jersey. No, that's a tank top. Come but on. <laughs> I don't anticipate wearing a tank top. I have, you know, I've worn mustaches. I've painted my face. Yeah. I've done things, but probably not a tank top, Kyle. Yeah, I, I won't either. I mean, if, if I show up on a, in a tank top, I will forever be called String Bean uh, <laughs> here on the program. I, I, I would not wear it well. Um, you, you mentioned DFS tonight. Let, let's kind of fast forward to tonight. Uh, and you're going to be, you know, somebody, I don't know if it's you specifically, but we'll have the DFS. It's not, but I'll be still hanging out in, in yeah. the Discord for a little bit. And I'll be actually putting out some betting content. Yeah. All that stuff's going to be there. Toronto is up against Brooklyn. Now, I will admit, I have not watched a second of Raptors basketball this year, but I was, oh gosh, Justin's scared. He's like, I'm sorry, I got to watch <laughs> the Bears Vikings. I mean, come on. <laughs> I only got so much time in my life. But but what the reason I bring up the Raptors is I'm kind of scrolling through, okay, who's doing well? And I was looking at uh, the best performers in fantasy. And one list I saw, and maybe it's every list, but Scotty Barnes, top 10 in fantasy this year. Uh, do you agree with that? Has he been that good? And can he sustain such a pace? Yes, yes, yes to everything. He has hmm. been excellent. Now, this team runs at a massively slow tortoise pace. It's so slow. This guy's the outlier on the team, though. This guy will cut through defenses like butter. That's how much he'll slice them up just so easily. And that's what's great about Scotty Barnes. And, yes, he produces in every category, Kyle, even over a steal and block per game he posts. But here's the thing with Scotty Barnes. Most usage on the team. Good guy, tough matchup. When he's matched up against the opposing point guard, when the defenses switch on him, he's going to have a major size advantage. This guy is built like a forward, and height-wise he is. So that's what's good about him. He spends a lot of time on the ball, despite Dennis Schroeder being the listed point guard. So he has that time. He's an excellent driver. I mean, he produces. He puts up stats in volume so quickly. We've bet his points, rebounds, assist prop a few times this year. And there were definitely a couple of matchups where I was getting ready to throw the piece of paper, you know, away and be like, hey, that's done. That's done. But then all of a sudden he comes in and in three minutes, he just puts you right there by the line. 
So he's been excellent. He's a multi-category producer. I think it sustains. Even with Pascal Siakam there, it doesn't seem to interfere with his offensive flow. And when you follow us here in Fantasy Guru, we're going to be looking at Scotty Barnes' PRA's props a lot, especially against the faster-paced teams. Points, rebounds, assists. Yes. Yes. Good job, Ray. You learned something. See, Ray, whenever you you go to school and only get two days off, you kind of learn how acronyms work. Really? Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Kyle. Jeez. Your nephew uh, learned that six years ago, but yeah, yeah I'm, he probably, probably did. <laughs> They're a lot smarter these days, aren't they? Has he, uh, Ray? Has your nephew learned to stop just shooting like Steph Curry all the time? Yet? Yeah, he has. No, Good. he actually hasn't. No, oh. no. But when he, he, you know, it's the worst thing that's ever happened. We, we talked about this with Justin, Kyle. You know, the Bay Area with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Every kid growing up shooting twenty footers when they're like nine years old. It's like no fundamentals can't. anymore. These kids, Kyle. Well, you miss every shot you don't take, Ray. So. <laughs> you're part of the problem. I'm glad, I'm glad you're not my nephew's coach. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, the Jazz have won a couple games in a row. Walker Kessler's coming back. Uh, talk to us there. What, what are we expecting? Is this team going to go on a little bit of a run here? I think that now it guts them up in the middle. They run a what I call skyline lineup with Lowry Markinen, John Collins, and Walker Kessler. So it'll definitely help them out on the interior side from defense standpoint. But they need to learn how to play better perimeter defense too. They get beat so much. I think it will give them some more wins, but I don't have high expectations. The rebuild there is on. I like what they've done so far. But it's going to be a little bit of a slower rebuild. And when it comes to DFS, though, for Walker Kessler, we're going to have to start looking at his numbers, guys, before they go up a little bit. Because soon enough, he'll be out of the price point. But one thing that Walker Kessler learned last year and carried it through this year, throughout the year, you saw major improvement. Not being fooled on the pump fake. He doesn't take the pump fake anymore. What happens is when centers are taking the pump fake constantly, likely they're going to all of a sudden foul someone. Exactly. Guy goes up. Hit on the arms, just like that. So that's a foul. You don't want them in foul trouble. Walker Kessler has done a great job of just bending his knees, standing his ground, using his height, and I think that's going to put a few more Ws in their column. Um, on occasion around these parts, we like to remind you that certain cities uh, still have an NBA team. Um, Charlotte, the Hornets, uh, who most people don't even care about, Justin, except It wouldn't be the Hornets. first time they got taken away from. Yeah, you're right. Um, LaMelo Ball is a stud. Um, they're playing tonight. The Hornets are, I think they're against your Knicks. Um, a ball status. He got an ankle injury. Uh, what's his status for tonight? And if he's out, and I think he probably will be for the DFS player. Is there like a usage jump with anybody? Is there a bargain on this Hornets team? What, what's your thoughts there? Sure. So LaMelo Ball is doubtful, and I know it's funny because we've been talking about it, especially in the NFL this week too, that is doubtful truly out. I don't think he's going to play. I think the Hornets would be stupid to play LaMelo Ball. Now the Knicks and Hornets have played a few times, and LaMelo Ball has beaten the matchup and has done very well. However, the Knicks still have improved defensively. They play good perimeter defense. It'll just make him work harder. You've got Terry Rozier who just came back and is already looking good. Let him run the point tonight. Let him run the offense, which is what I'm anticipating. Ball being out, Rozier being your main point guard, and Brandon Miller, who's 5,600 on DraftKings, who actually had a career-high 29 points against the Knicks the last time these two teams played. Definitely in play once we get that confirmation that LaMelo Ball is out. And the Knicks have actually beaten the Hornets twice by double figures. And if that's the case once again, I still see Brandon Miller getting a significant amount of minutes. Okay. Um, And, you know, I would disagree with you about the Hornets have no reason to play ball if a win tonight would put them into the quarterfinals of the play-in tournament. Oh, boy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you gotta gotta get into that. You know, and Kyle, even you'll be able to focus on it because there's like five games total next week. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, on the way out the door, give me a bet. Give me a prop. What's something you like for tonight? About to write this up here in our Fantasy Guru Discord. Write a few bets up. Most nights, some nights I take the site off. I never force bets. Alperin Shengun from the Houston Rockets has looked great this year. A lot of people going after his rebounds assist prop tonight. I'm going after the points rebounds against Dallas. A, it's a great pace up spot for Houston. B, Dallas plays horrible defense in the interior. Derek Lively, their center, is dealing with a back injury. He may not even play. And if he does, so what? Shangun will be able to still move and be able to score. I'm thinking he'll be able to get at least 2010 
over 30 and a half points plus rebounds for Shengun. Really like that number for him tonight, and I think he's going to beat it. Okay, well, I'm rooting you on because I want you to put some big bucks down, win some big money back, and maybe you can buy a shirt with sleeves. Hey, man, I, hopefully D Dallas bottom four, bottom two, rather, in defense yeah. against centers for rebounds and also bottom four in points. So it should be fruitful tonight for Shingun. I, I feel like Ray, I'm in a sauna. With, <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of comfortable with, with Justin wearing this thing. Is you sitting a little too close to you there, Kyle? Listen, guys, commit to the bit. You know what I'm all about. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're about. Exactly. Uh, Justin, awesome. We love doing it. We love having fun with you every Tuesday. Uh, good luck tonight. Discord people, uh, cheat sheets, write-ups all available at Fantasy Guru. Ray, you've got one more comment. Yeah, sorry I beat you last night because of the four. Oh my God, I was going to bring that up. A week ago, I lose to Kyle by one point in a back and forth where the score was changing every play. And then this guy, Ray, I, I lose to you because Josh Dobbs throws four interceptions. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I won by like 1.3. So he could have thrown two picks. And you I think I wouldn't. I beat you by like half a point. <laughs> Kyle won by like 0.75. Ray won by like two points. So, yeah, well, guys, it's, congratulations. It's Firm, we're better than you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, take it easy, buddy. We'll see you. Thanks, guys. Okay, basketball. We love doing that. It's always fun to visit with Justin. He's a, a character, good sport, good friend. Someday we should just roll with like a three-man show, right? He, he's we, doing shows, right, Ray, on the network? He's got a basketball show. Yeah, he's got a basketball show. Uh, he does the Sunday football show really early uh, on SiriusXM2, so he's he's busy there. He's got the Fancy's Diaries. Uh, with us on Elite Plus over at FantasyGuru.com. You can use that promo code again, FSD20, to hear more about that. But, yeah, Justin is a man about town, Kyle. He's always doing something. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's busy. Well, we know that. Uh, quickly, on the way out the door, baseball. N no free agent stuff shaking here. Well, I guess Jason Hayward. He's back with the Dodgers, for those who care. Nine million, yeah. Uh, nine million bucks. He had a good season last year, 813 OPS. He was, yeah, he was very effective. Because they used him in the right Correct. Right. They didn't have him be an everyday player. Right. Um, we've got big free agents, and people are always excited about that. Um, kind of reading things, Ray. I, I love reading hot stove stuff and yeah. kind of following rumors, even though most right. of it's just bunk. But but I'm a sucker for it. Trade talks. Like, it, it kind of hit me yesterday going through some of these write-ups and rumors. But, like, Alex Bregman is supposedly available. Dylan Cease. Uh, Bo Bichette, obviously Juan Soto, Tyler Glasnow. Like, these are big-time names. I, I was stunned Bichette's available. Like, to me, that's a guy you ink if you're Toronto to, like, a $275 million extension. Um, Glasnow, Cease, Bregman, even Soto, those make sense. You think these guys are actively available? Like, do you, do you think uh, three or four of these names could be flipped at some point? Well, I mean, Boba Shett signed an extension, and the, the Blue Jays have got a really weird thing going on. I guess they have a computer system that says this is what we're paying you, and that's it. Like, a lot of the players have expressed kind of concern that this team's not really willing to sign these young guys. So, Sam you know, Altman is in charge of the uh, salary cap there in Toronto, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The AI decides what you get paid. Yeah. I mean, he signed a three-year, $35, 34000000 million extension through 2025, did Bouchette. So he's very reasonably priced for the next couple of years, but he needs and will get a big contract. I'd be surprised if they traded him. He's still 25. I think he's a centerpiece of their organization. I agree with you. Uh, the Glasnow one is fascinating to me. Um, the Rays continue to just grab guys for $10 and make them into stars. So I guess they're going to trade the guy that's most expensive. Uh, Shane Bieber is another guy. Glasnow and Bieber to the Reds. There's a lot of rumors about that. I guess they're thinking the Reds might deal some of their young hitters. Um, I can't see the Dylan C staying in Chicago thing as a certainty. I mean, they, they need to blow up that organization yeah. and basically start from scratch. If they can get three or four young pieces for him, I could see him. He's probably the guy that, you know, whether he should be traded or not, I think he's probably the name that seems most likely to be dealt given the team and, and what they're likely looking to do moving forward. Um, Soto, I think that's, I mean, if I'm San Diego, it's time to trade him. They they, yeah. they went all in last year, it failed. Yeah. And they could still like be a playoff team even without Soto. They could. Mm -hmm. um, now they'd have some work to do because they're going to lose Snell. Uh, they got Musgrove coming off the injury, so there'd be some things to do there. Uh, Bregman, I get it too. Uh, I think he's a free agent after next season, um, as is Altuve. So somebody's going to have to get the money there. There's probably a Kyle Tucker extension. Uh, Alvarez is probably, you know, they, they've got a lot of money coming home, and I think Bregman's probably the uh, guy they're, they're most likely to trade. So that could get pretty wild 
that could really change the outlook for a variety of franchises if the trade market uh, does indeed come to fruition. Uh, that takes us to the end of the road today. Great stuff. Love having Justin on, talking football, even the Monday nighter, a little baseball. Tomorrow we're back again. Uh, we'll take our first look at week 13. A reminder, six teams on by. So if you're thinking of hitting the waiver wire uh, tonight, make sure uh, you got your, your spots ready to go. Uh, you know, what do you need? Who do you do? What positions do you need to fill? All that stuff. Uh, follow Ray on Twitter at the Ray Flowers. Uh, hit us up at Fantasy Guru in Discord. Take advantage of the FSD 20, 20% off. And Ray, is there anything else I missed that we need to tell people about? Uh, you can always say the, the all-in football package is still available too. If people want to take advantage of that, they can use the promo code FSD20 for that. Uh, the rest of the season through the playoffs. So it's not just the regular season. It's all the way through the Super Bowl. You get seasonal and DFS. So you get Discord. You get the articles. You get the live streams. You get the advice. You get all that for football and baseball. It's the all-in NFL package. Use that promo code FSD20. Love it. Okay, that'll do it for us on a Tuesday. Back on Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.